Welcome to the Traveler's Upgrade Show, where I interview people from around the world to bring you great stories, tips, and motivation. I'm your host, Kareem Shakur, and we have a great show in store. We will be discussing the Juan's story as a traveler and using travel to improve your mindfulness. You may not know me, but I know you. And I'm aware how strange that sounds. You see me cross paths every Thursday at two. Going at last to make him on my pound. My guest today is Dewan Short. Dewan is a licensed social worker who currently works with the School District of Philadelphia as a clinical social work coordinator and mental health therapist for children and families. She is currently building her private practice where she works with women and youth to support their mental health while incorporating Western and Eastern teachings for healing. Dewan, I appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Thank you for having me. No problem. Let's get right into it. Okay. All right, so let's start. I want to I wanna know a little bit more about you. So, Dewan, where are you from? Where do you live? Okay, so I'm originally from Prince George's County, Maryland, um, specifically Temple Hills via Suitland, Maryland. Um, but for the last six and a half years, I've been living in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. What brought you to Philadelphia? Um, actually, I went right after undergrad to graduate school for the University of Pennsylvania um, to study social work. Okay, perfect. Okay, so what do you do currently? Are you a social worker? Yeah, so right now I work in um, a high school as a clinical social work coordinator, and I also am a mental health therapist for family and children. And I'm currently building out a private practice um, to be able to leave both jobs, uh, providing therapy, a holistic perspective to therapy. Okay. So that's what I'm working on. Perfect, perfect. And um, so how long have you been uh, doing social work or at, at that particular uh, job with the high school? So I just started in July of last year, but I've been a social worker essentially since 2012. Um, when I go, when I went into my social work program, you automatically start doing internships and they view you as a social worker. So mm-hmm. since 2012. Okay. Um, so what makes you like, what made you want to travel? Like you're a, you're a big traveler as I know. Uh, so what, yeah. what's, what prompts you to do all the travel that you do? Um, okay, so my very first international trip was to India, and that's when I was in undergrad at the University of Maryland College Park, and I went for almost a month um, right after Christmas, and it was that trip that made me say, wow, like, I need to see what else is out there in this world. Um, I really liked seeing the different gradations of skin complexions and learning other people's culture and, like, I fell in love with like Indian food and the spices and things like that. And it was almost like the light had been switched. And ever since then, I've been on a journey of just traveling. Um, And then after that, I just continued to travel um, significantly up till now. And one of the other things that I really loved about traveling was you got a chance to be quiet, you know, and kind of be with yourself. And you also learn things about yourself when you're traveling, too. Um, So, yeah. When you travel, are you usually solo or do you go with a group? Uh, What's your preference? Um, 
so in the past, it has always been with friends or groups. Um, when I graduated from the University, University of Maryland, I had actually did a Euro trip and I went on that trip not knowing anyone, but I ended up, you know, meeting people from all over who was a part of like this program for the trip. So that was kind of like my first like solo, but not solo. And then this has New Year's, I actually went to Jamaica by myself for my first solo trip. And I'm currently in Sedona, Arizona on a solo trip. So last year was kind of like the beginnings of solo travel. Um, and yeah, I think in terms of preference, it's really based on what you are trying to get out of your trip. And the trip to Jamaica and this trip have all been um, tips with specialized goals in mind of what I'm trying to get out of the trip, you know, in terms of coming back to our side on the East Coast. So what type of travel do you usually do um, in terms of, is it an adventure, uh, luxury, road trip, cruises? Like, what's your, what's your thing? Um, honestly, I'm one of those people where I want to have nature involved in my trip. Yeah. Um, I want to see a little bit of history. I want there to be some fun, whether it's dancing or going to like a festival or, you know, maybe a beer garden or something like that. Um, I think I'm one of those people that like a well-rounded type of a trip. Um, luxury, I feel like, is within the mind. Like, I think where I stay is always a luxury space. Um but then again, I'm one of those people I've learned how to do luxury on a budget. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm a social worker. So, <laughs> you know, like we make nice money, but not great money. And that's always a question that I, I have from a lot of people. They're like, well, you're a social worker. How do you have so much money to travel? And it's like, well, traveling is a priority to me, mm. um, you know, and for what it's worth. Sometimes I don't even plan to take trips, and trips just kind of fall in my lap. Okay. Okay. So. Now I hear you with that one. I mean, I'm in education as well, as you know, and I get mm -hmm. similar questions. Uh, as as an educator, how can you afford these trips? And, like, you yep. just have to be very savvy about the approach, the time of year mm -hmm. you go, uh, and then yep. being very cognizant of those deals. Yeah. And also listening to my podcast because I have all these tips about how you can travel yes. on a budget. <laughs> yes, no, I definitely agree. All right, so let's talk about um, your solo travel. So, how was Jamaica? You your first solo trip? How was that? Yes. So I left for Jamaica the day after Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, prior to making the decision to go to Jamaica, I had been feeling like I wanted to do something different for New Year's. I didn't want to be in the club. I didn't want to do anything that I've done you know, all throughout my 20s. And so I was like, what can I do? And then I had the bright idea, like, I'm going to go somewhere. And nobody I knew wanted to go with me. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go by myself. So I just remember being on Google Flights and, like, just kind of searching and seeing me to go there without breaking the bank. And I landed on Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And, um... Yeah, it was one of those trips where I literally, before I got there, I, like, just prayed and asked, like, my spirit guides to, like, provide me with a guide to help me along while I'm there and just to keep me safe while I'm there because, you know, I heard a lot of, like, negative stuff about traveling to Jamaica, being a single woman. Um, 
And to be honest with you, I don't, I didn't experience half of what people said negative about being in Jamaica. My experience, I enjoyed myself a lot. I got off the resort. I went to Ocho Rios. I went to the grill. Um, I stayed in Montego Bay. But I did a lot of things that were kind of off the beaten path. They weren't like traditional tours and things. Um, and a lot of it was just a challenge within myself and challenging this idea like you shouldn't travel by yourself or you're a woman you shouldn't do x y and z by yourself so i loved every moment of it um it definitely helped to change a lot of perspectives and when i came back um probably five days into the new year i booked another solo trip to spain for later this year oh wow wow <laughs> yeah highly recommend spain i've been twice uh yes. as recently as uh november actually i was just in spain okay. uh visiting my friend my friend sidra who is mm-hmm. uh i interview in episode four so mm-hmm. great episode yes um so you went to jamaica solo you did a mm-hmm. lot of research where did you search like where where did you find the information about jamaica or where do you typically find information about your trips what sites do you use who do you ask um... stuff like that so for Jamaica, I have a girlfriend who's actually from Jamaica, so I reached out to her and I had asked just a few questions and she gave me some names of some Instagram accounts to follow. Um, so from her, I ended up going to like a former Rastafarian village. Um, where they kind of still live the very Rastafarian way. Mm-hmm. And then I also use Instagram, to be honest with you. Um, and what I found from Instagram was like, there's this place called the Luminous Lagoon where literally you are, you're in the water and as you move your hands, the water lights up color. And I wouldn't have seen that on TripAdvisor. Yeah. Um, so Instagram was definitely helpful. And sometimes I'll just type in like the place and then I'll just see kind of what pictures are coming up and like look at the locations mm-hmm. that people are tagging. And then I do go on TripAdvisor just to kind of read reviews of maybe tour companies and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, or for the resort. But for the most part, I will look at um, Instagram for the photos and just kind of seeing like where the site's at and like kind of where do I need to be. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I've, nev- I've actually never heard of that or thought to do that before to like just see what's most popular on Instagram because that's mm-hmm. where people are going. Instagram's is this great or large platform now that's very popular. Yeah. That's a great idea. I'll be sort of definitely include that in the show notes because I, I need to start doing that myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. For sure. Um so when you were planning not just this Jamaica trip, but any of your trips, mm-hmm. or actually let's let's take an aside from your solo trips. Let's talk about your group trips. What's the biggest pain in the <laughs> the the biggest pain point in the, the, the planning process of a group trip? And how do you overcome that? Okay. So, like I said earlier, I am very much so, like, traveling is a priority for me. And so I think the biggest thing that I have had to overcome is realizing traveling is not a priority for everybody else. Mm. And I have also had to realize a lot of my girlfriends are either in relationships, they're married, or they have kids. And so they you know, have other obligations. And so my girlfriends that are able to go, I think one of the things is getting on the same page about where to go. So personally, I'm one of those people where 
I'd spend $445 to go to Malaysia from Philadelphia. But if you're talking about let's spend $400 to go to LA, I'm not going to do it because I know what $400 can get me outside of the country. So that's also been kind of a barrier where it's like, I see prices. Um, so one of the uh, newsletters I use a lot is called The Flight Deal. Yep. yep. Um, and I get like a daily newsletter from them. And, you know, because I'm from Maryland, I don't mind driving to Baltimore to fly out or driving to, um, you know, Washington, Dulles or uh, Ronald Reagan to fly out. So I, in my mind, I have at least like four or five different airports I can fly out. So when my friends are like, oh, let's go here. And I'm like, how much is that? And they're like, yeah, it's $500. No, I'm not doing that because I know what $500 can get me. I can go to Dublin for $500 or less, you know. Um, So part of it is, you know, just helping people to see kind of where your money can take you and also realizing that people's vantage point about where their money can take them may be limited because they may have not had that experience of seeing where their money can go. Um, The other thing is sometimes I find myself like falling to the back when it comes to planning for trips, um, primarily because a lot of my friends are type A where they want to be in the lead in terms of planning. So I'll fall back and kind of like let them step forward. Um, But I think in that aspect, it's a lot of negotiation of, all right, am I okay with this? Is this something that I want to do? And then the other barrier is just being authentic with yourself. Like, I know certain things I'm just not interested in that my friends are interested in. And I would definitely say, like, you know, I don't want to do that, but you guys go ahead. You know, that kind of a thing. So it's been interesting trying to navigate and process everybody's want to need mm-hmm. in a in a group travel. So I think that that's also something that's interesting. And then you also got to think about it. People money is funny. Um, <laughs> and so because people money is funny, not everybody can do what you can do or they question how you do what you can do given where you work or, you know, um, the type of occupation that you have. Mm-hmm. So that's also something that's interesting. So, given those group dynamics and uh, the different personalities, the different priorities in the group, how do you approach that conversation with your friends about, I don't want to go to this location, or let's go somewhere different, or uh, these are the sites that we need to see, or if you let them plan it and they do something, or they plan something that you don't want to do, how do you approach that conversation with your friends? Um... So I am the friend with the biggest personality in the group most of the time. So I just tell them, like, I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they may like it or they may not like it. But that's not a concern of mine because at the end of the day, I feel like I'm paying my money too. And while we are all together on a collective trip, each person's journey is different. Yep. And what I may be going for is totally different from what you're going for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I have definitely had arguments on, on trips with friends um, because of that. You know, them just not understanding that I'm not in the same space that they are in. But I think that that also allowed me to see, like, trips really help you to see who you're with. Mm-hmm. And it also allows for growth to happen. And you can also see when you guys are starting to grow apart when you're friends, too, mm-hmm. when you're on trips and things just don't work out the way that, mm-hmm. you know, they did before because people are on different paths, too. So 
Yeah. I think trips definitely have a way of showing you who you are, who the people around you are. Um, and even if these are people you've traveled with for a long time, like, you may find yourself being like, I don't think I want to travel with them anymore. All right. So let's talk about some of the places that you've been, uh, Duan. So you travel quite a bit. I believe you said 20 countries you've been to. Yes. All right. So let's let's talk about some of the places you've been. That's a lot. Okay. But of those, what let's say, let's say, what are your what were your top three experiences? Oh, my gosh. Um, OK, so I loved Bali. Mm-hmm. Top down. Um, so Bali's in Indonesia. And the reason I ended up in Bali is because of the trip to Malaysia. So I did Malaysia, Singapore. And then ended up in Indonesia. And so we went to Bali. And it was so beautiful. It reminded me of Eat, Pray, Love, the movie. Mm-hmm. But it was just a beautiful place. Um, the people were very nice. Um, it was just amazing overall. And I'm really glad that I got a chance to go. Um, the food was great. Like, the money goes a long way in Bali. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just it's so serene. Like the rice fields are pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just awesome. Yeah. Okay. I, so I mean, that's one. Yep. I agree with that. <laughs> that's, that's one of the things I really love about South the countries in Southeast Asia. They're just very, very tranquil. Yes. And then, um, okay. I'm trying to think what was next. Uh, so I really love India. Um, that was like my first, um, my first love. And in India, I was there for a long time. I fell in love with Indian spices, with the cuisine, with the people, with the music. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a beautiful, beautiful trip. And the colors and, mm-hmm. yeah, like the bazaars. It was just a really beautiful trip. And I'm so grateful that I went because it kind of opened me up to everything else that I've done. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, my gosh. Um, okay. So I really, I really like Tokyo. <laughs> um, Tokyo was interesting. I went to Tokyo for my 25th birthday. Mm-hmm. It was Tokyo in South Korea. And I actually went to Disney World. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, on my 25th birthday. And so it was so much fun. And I was like, yo, like, who does this? Who, first and foremost, who goes to Disney World on their 25th birthday? <laughs> Second of all, they're doing it in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was amazing. The um, food was great, like doing ramen, just all these different things that we did. Tokyo was like really, really cool. I would love to go back, even like going partying in Tokyo. Like you're up till five o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, I would love to go back to Tokyo. There are definitely some places I'm like, I want to go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Yep. So those will be kind of my top three. Tokyo's on my list as well, so maybe I'll go with you. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes. We are planning a trip, so we gotta we gotta yes. get that done this year. Yes, for sure. Um. So conversely, of the places you visited, cities, countries, what do you think was overrated or just overhyped? It didn't live up to the hype. Um, and the city that I, I think, so I can like just give you my, yeah. my thought is I, I I still think Vegas is overhyped. I don't like I don't yeah. I don't get the, the hype of Vegas. I've been okay. multiple times either for work or like just for fun and I don't get the hype. 
Okay, so no I offense to anyone from you. Vegas. No offense to my <laughs> no, Vegas listeners. No, I will agree with you on that. I've been to Vegas now three times, and I feel like when you've done Vegas, it's like you've done it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you don't really have to go back. But I would also say Miami. Oh. I, I think that Miami is a big like. Ooh, I'm going to Miami, and like that's a thing for a lot of people. It's like, oh. Well, where's the last place you think? I've been to Miami. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Miami. And it's like, okay, what other cities mm-hmm. can you get this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I mean, I get it. I think it has a lot to do with like the beach, but a lot of people never leave South Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a whole art district that is really nice to look at. Um, there's a lot of other places outside of the beach area mm-hmm. that is really nice to be a part of. And a lot of people never go because mm-hmm. they're so focused on being like in Southeast area. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I like the beach, but there's better beaches than Southeast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it would probably be Miami and Vegas for me. I definitely agree with you on Vegas. But I will say, if you do go to Vegas, you should go to see the Seven Mountains. Mm-hmm. The um, It's the, like, so there's these rocks formations and there's seven of them mm-hmm. and it's probably maybe like 20 30 minutes outside of vegas and some artist he started painting them oh, wow. different colors mm-hmm. and it's like really pretty it's called the seven mountains and um when i was there last time we saw that on our way to la we are, and that's one of the purpose of this podcast i really want to encourage people to try new things try different things mm-hmm. because you never know what you're going to see yes i will say though um there is so in LA, no, is it LA? It's either LA, um, yes, it's LA. There are like some side beaches mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that if you're not a local or you don't have friends that are locals, you would never know how to get to them. Mm-hmm. But I remember we drove up the Pacific Coast and we went in, it was kind of like near Malibu, mm-hmm. but there was like this beautiful beach. Nobody was nearby. And like we had all this like food and stuff. So I like beaches like that that nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. I will also say Costa Rica has some really nice beaches with black sand. Oh, wow. Those are things that I want to see. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So speaking of like, you, again, you're very well traveled. On your trips, what would be your idea of just having a successful experience or a successful trip? Um, I would say eating good food. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm big, a big, big foodie. Um, yeah, so food is definitely one. Um, so easy transportation system, whether it's getting on the train or the buses or if there's Uber, like, I don't mind, you know, getting on public transportation or walking. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they have, like, nature spots, mm-hmm. those would probably be big successes for me. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so in regards to eating good food, how do you find those places, the, the good food places? So I will yoke. Um, so a lot of places don't have yolk, but then a lot of places do have yolk. And then when I go to certain places like Bali or out of the country, I will say, you know, to whoever it is that's picking us up, I'll be like, okay, well, where does the locals go? Mm -hmm. I want to eat what the locals eat. Like, don't take me to the touristy places, Mm -hmm. but take me to the places where the locals are eating. 
-hmm. you know, and then we start finding certain spots that the locals go to and you're like, oh, this food is way better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I'm big on that, too. Like when I go to a new city, talk to the the cab drivers or the Mm -hmm. the, uh, people who work at the hotel, like the hotel bar. They give you yeah. all the secret tips and inside information about where you should go, where is the cheap food, where is the good food, uh, mm-hmm. who to talk to when you get there. There was one time I was in, uh, where was I, uh, Minneapolis, and I talked mm-hmm. to an Uber driver, and he actually was a promoter for a club. We didn't know any of this, and he got us like a okay. free table with like bottle service and everything. And I was like, all right, it's just, you know, talking to the, talking to people. You never know who you will meet. Yep. Yeah, never know. And that the line was long. It was like one of the most popular clubs <laughs> in the city, and we was like, "Wow, all right, cool." Right. <laughs> and he probably thought you guys were really cool. Yeah. Okay, so let's shift gears a bit here, um, and I do want to talk about your mindfulness and the approach that you take when you do travel, uh, whether mm-hmm. it be solo or with a group. So to take a step back, mindfulness it, it's a big thing these days. I want to know what's your definition of mindfulness. So for me, mindfulness is really you being present in the moment. Um, You can do mindful eating. You can do mindful walking. You can do mindful driving. It's you being present with yourself in that specific moment and allowing yourself to really take in all the information that's coming into you. A lot of times we are not present with ourselves um because we have so many other distractions via cell phone you know like computer tv whatever um but when you are mindful about things you are very present as to what you need in order for you to be able to be a better person or be a healthier person or be a better you okay what are so how do how do you become present in the moment what are what's the first step if i'm trying to be mindful uh when i when mm-hmm. i travel what what would you say I, the first thing i should do to become present in the moment and absorb my surroundings okay so the first thing that i would say is it starts before you even get to the place okay. and the first thing is really setting your intention like why are you going on this trip are you going on this trip just to say you're going on a trip or are you going on this trip because you feel like you need a break or you feel like you need to reset rejuvenate all those things um so if that's your intention to relax reset or you want to have fun and party and you know kind of celebrate something then you carry those intentions with you onto the trip Mm -hmm. and as you carry those intentions with you onto the trip the trip kind of flows along with whatever intentions you set for yourself um so for example i'm in sedona arizona which you know um, a lot of people regard as a very spiritual place and I came here because I, like I told you before, I'm working on building my business. Uh-huh. And while I have a lot of it completed, um, I still needed parts of it to be worked through to finish up the things that I need to work on. Uh-huh. And I was kind of hitting like some blockages, not really sure about like what it is that um, I, I wanted the ending results to look like. So I had a friend who was asking me if I wanted to go to the DR. And every time I went to go click, you know, yes or whatever to book the flight, something was like, no, you're not supposed to go. Uh So I was like, okay, so let me reevaluate. Where is it that I'm supposed to go? And Sedona kept popping up. Uh And it was like small things about Sedona that were popping up. 
And eventually when I would develop a good trip, it was almost like everything just started falling in place as to like where I'm staying and, you know, the things that I wanted to do. Like um, I tried to fall out of vortexes and um, just some nature stuff that I've been doing while I'm here just to be more grounded and, you know, get into this mindset about like what type of business am I putting out there and what else is it that's left for me to do. Um, but I went with the intention of I want my business to grow from this experience of being here and I need to get clarity about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And since I've been here, I've gotten those elements of what it was that I needed before, you know, mm-hmm. before I came. So definitely when you're on your trip, you want to make sure that you you have an understanding of why are you there mm-hmm. you know um because it's not by chance that you're in these places like we're drawn to a lot of places because of whatever it is that we need in our life at that moment at that time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. okay so what are for you or for other individuals who have been practicing mindfulness when they travel uh, based on your conversation, based on your business, what are some common barriers? So a common barrier could be um, if you have friends mm. that you're going on the trip with and they may not know your intention or you haven't shared your intention mm-hmm. and they don't understand why you won't do X or why you are doing Y. Um, so it may be helpful if you share with whomever it is that you're going on a trip with, like, hey, this is the type of trip that I'm having or I want to have, you know, um, please don't let this disrupt what you're going there for. But I know that this is what I'm going there for. Um, and just being, you know, transparent that way. Mm-hmm. Another barrier is allowing yourself to get caught up in kind of like what's happening around you and being almost like the kitchen sink method where it's like you want to do everything in the you know in the kitchen and not having room for what actually it is that you were you know sent there to actually do Mm -hmm. so you always want to make sure that you're connecting back with yourself and saying like am i in the right place am i doing Mm -hmm. the things that i need to do Mm -hmm. um in order for this to be productive so like even today um, I made a intention that I wanted to meet with you, and then after I meet with you, I'm going to spend some time working on my business plan and um, finishing up some articles for my website. And it's funny because the first two days or first three days of me being here, I did some sightseeing and things like that. But I know part of my intention of being here was to flush out things for the business. Mm-hmm. So me setting that intention limits me from doing other stuff that would just be like sightseeing and kind of touristy things like no now i need to finish this up before i leave to come back to east coast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay so. so when i think of mindfulness and i could be <laughs> way out and left filled with this i think that it doesn't involve technology or that technology gets in the way of being mindful so mm-hmm. is there any such thing as digital like interference is should we remove ourselves from using our phone during this time? Is there uh, like re- like removing yourself from social media or reducing your social media footprint? Does that have anything to do with mindfulness or can you have both? So I believe that you can have both. And I say that because say for instance, you are on social media, but you realize that you've been giving too much time to your cell phone. Mm-hmm. So iPhones now have this thing where they show you how much time that you've actually been on your phone. Mm-hmm. So if you want to reduce like your internet 
for your um, social media like time frame, mm-hmm. you can say, okay, I'm going to give myself 30 minutes to do X, Y, and Z for social media. Mm-hmm. And then when those 30 minutes are over, you move on to the next thing. But in those 30 minutes, you're so focused, like you're present with your social media. Mm-hmm. Or if you are a person who has significant emails, maybe you give yourself 30 minutes the first thing in the morning. Um, you know, when you get to work to check your emails, reply to them. And then after that, any additional emails that come after that, they have to wait mm-hmm. until, you know, you set aside another 30 minutes to check your emails. But it gives you an opportunity to be solely focused and immersed mm-hmm. in whatever it is that you're working on in that immediate moment. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you're changing with the times, you also have to recognize, like, you know, electronics are a part of our way of life. But there's ways in which you can minimize and or use the social, um, use the electronics to help yourself be more productive or to get, you know, the maximum usage out of those items. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the community. Is there is there a larger community of mindful travelers? Are your friends into it as well? Or how how is that how's that been for you? Um I will definitely say my tribe has changed. And when I say tribe, uh-huh. that means like your friendship group or like people who you're connected with in terms of community. Mm-hmm. Um, I will definitely say a lot of them are travelers, but probably not as frequently as I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe that a lot of them go on their trips for a variety of reasons. And when we do talk about it, they say like, you know, I went on this trip for X, Y, and Z, and mm-hmm. this is what I got from it. So I would definitely say my circle is definitely a um, representative of this mindfulness of traveling or traveling for, you know, your optimal, your optimal um, well-being. But um, the mass majority of people who travel probably are not traveling mindfully. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Dewan, to wrap up, um, thank you for coming on the show. Where can listeners find more out about you and your travels? Um, so right now you can go to my Instagram is underscore Hudson H U D S O N B U R R O W. So that's my personal Instagram, um, and then my website for my business is Dahlia D A H L I A Rose Wellness dot com. Um, and then there will be an Instagram following that, and then there's also a Twitter, which is D-A-R-O Wellness at Twitter. Um, so those will be areas where people can get in contact with me if they want to see more, um, do more, or if they want to come. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Sounds good. Well, again, I thank you. Thank you for taking the time. This was a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please visit my website, thetravelersupgrade.com, for show notes and other great resources. Also, be sure to subscribe to the show either on my website or wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you love the show, leave a review. Thanks.